Blog Talk Radio. You are now in the host queue. Listen 
folks. Wow. Welcome to another episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. I hope all of you had a very Merry Christmas. And of course, I hope you all have a Happy New Year, not just on New Year's Day, but throughout the upcoming year. It's going to be interesting, no doubt about that. I had a great Christmas. I got a lot of... Santa was good to me. And of course, when has he not been since I was a kid? And uh, so Christmas is always a great time for me. Not just the the gift giving and all of that, but um, but the uh, you know the joy of the joy of uh, you know family, friends, good food. You know I um, I have a, a ritual where I go to the uh, I buy a whole lot of stuff from the um, from Honey Baked Ham, the Honey Baked Ham Company. I get a ham, I get a turkey, I get almost all of the trimmings that they have there, and you know, if I don't have family around, you know, a lot of my, my all of my kids are, are are military personnel, so they're serving our, uh, our great nation's country all around the world. And this year they weren't available, they weren't around, so I pretty much stayed at home. You know, didn't do anything, didn't go anywhere, kind of hung out by myself. It was it was very nice. You know, a lot of folks you know don't, they don't like being by themselves on on Christmas, but I I pretty much enjoyed it. It was nice and quiet, and you know. Got a lot of calls from friends, and they were like, hey, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. It sounded exhausting to me. I had one friend who was like attending like five or six parties over the course of a couple of days, and I thought, man, you must be exhausted going to all these events you know, over Christmas. How do you really get to enjoy it? But you know, I guess everybody enjoys Christmas in their own way and, and all of that. But hey, I tell you what, it's going to be great um, – New Year's Eve, got a lot going on, and I'm going to host a show tomorrow night, so it's going to be great. So without further ado, let's really get right into it. You know that uh, you know Barbara Walters uh, uh, th- uh, stated that she thought that um, President Obama was going to be the Messiah. We can't, we, yeah, we can't, we can't let that go. We we simply cannot. No, 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 no. <laughs> We cannot. We got a lot of guests in the chat room. I'm welcome to have some good friends in there. Mary's in the house. Southern Sense is in the house. Evil Clown from Chicago. Alexander Solo's in the house. A whole assorted uh, number of guests. Uh, John Galt's here. Got a lot of folks in the room tonight, and that's really nice to see. So I know there's so many things that you could be doing with your time, but you choose to come in and listen to the show, and I so appreciate it. If you feel like calling in, please do. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Had that number. Don't you hate it when people do that? Hold on a minute. Hold on. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Sometimes when folks say the... Their, their numbers, they say them so fast, you don't really get a chance to get the number. I, that just really bothers me. Anyway, but nevertheless, uh, a lot going on in the news, and uh, I guess we'll get to some of that. Obama, um, Obama's administration announced a, lot, a loss of 3 million insurance plans. I'm surprised they went ahead and announced that. So we got a lot going on, and of course, we're going to ring in the new year with Elizabeth Hasselbeck and uh, Bill Hammer. That's going to be great. MSNB, uh, MSNBC's panel mocks Mitt Romney's uh, uh, adopted uh, black grandchild. Well, that's not good. Got a lot of weird stuff going on in the news these days. A lot of craziness. Uh, but uh, let's 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 just go ahead and get into it. The liberal news media never ceases to amaze me. Just when I thought they couldn't get any more ridiculous, they trot out a well-used spokesperson to finally admit that she'd been deceived. President Barack Obama is not the Messiah. He's not. Who knew that? Well, as it turns out, actually most rational thinking people easily recognize he wasn't the Messiah. But some folks take a little longer than others to figure that out. During a recent CNN interview on the Pierce Morgan live program, Longtime television broadcast journalist Barbara Walters uttered a remarkably candid confession 
After five years of the Obama administration, things aren't quite working out as advertised. In fact, things are barely working at all. High expectations from campaign promises are a comforting intoxicant, I suppose, for some. Reality is an entirely different drug altogether. When asked by Morgan what she thought of Obama's performance in office, Walters reluctantly confessed, and I quote, Well, you've touched on it to a degree. He made so many promises. We thought that he was going to be, I shouldn't say this at Christmas time, but the next Messiah, end quote. Now, what did I say during our last broadcast? If you come to the point during the course of a conversation and you have to lay out a disclaimer, perhaps I shouldn't say this or I shouldn't say this at Christmas time or any other time, then you shouldn't say it. To say what she said at Christmas time or any other time is absurd. She thought that Obama was going to be the next Messiah. Barbara Walters is a Jewish woman, by the way. She continued to admit the Obamacare fiasco has been a disaster. And the whole Obamacare, or whatever you want to call it, the Affordable Care Act, it just hasn't worked for him. And he stumbled around on it, and people feel disappointed because they expected more. But as we learned today, folks, over 3 million Americans have lost their insurance plans. And forgive me, but I thought that the Affordable Care Act was all about folks gaining insurance. So – You know what I'm suspecting is that the haves, those of us who have insurance plans, are no longer haves. We're have-nots, and the have-nots are still the have-nots. So we've got a lot of have-nots going on around here. So now nobody has. And just as I remarked to a good friend of mine two days ago… When everybody's special, then nobody is. It just makes sense. Now, Americans can tolerate innocent presidential mistakes and maybe even bad behavior, Bill Clinton. But they don't like being lied to. I mean outright. Like I didn't have sex with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky, kind of lied outright too. It remains to be seen if the president can regain the public's confidence in his remaining three years. That's all he has left. It's my guess that to do so would require an extensive publicity campaign. It's not an impossible task because that's the only thing they seem to be good at. After all, the president is an accomplished salesman. The midterm election of 2014 will be a barometer of the future of the Republican Party as well. And as well as the Democrat Party, for certain, we will either continue down the path of socialism or enact provisions to counter and reverse that trend. But time is running out, my friends. It doesn't take a a bewildered entertainment personality like Barbara Walters to alert us to the scam. It only requires a few ordinary individuals informing people of the dangers that lie ahead of us. Dangers that, well, if we don't alter course, Rome lasted a thousand years. Can't we at least make it to 250? (laughs) Seriously, can we? Can we at least make it to 250? All right, take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Afterburner. I'm Bill Whittle. Well, this time last year, Barack Obama was riding high off of his re-election win over Mitt Romney, 
And after four years, I was standing right here again and again, utterly convinced by then that there was nothing, no force in heaven or earth that was going to convince what had formerly been known as the free press to stand up on their hind legs and do their actual damned job. And in the years since then, I was right, they haven't, but things are different now in the closing days of 2013. Things are very different now. And not because the press has suddenly done its job regarding Reverend Wright or Fast and Furious or the Khalid Sheikh Mohammed trial in Manhattan or even Benghazi. It's not because they've taken any particular interest in weaponizing the IRS or the NSA spying on every American, including themselves. In fact, they don't even seem to have the fundamental self-respect to attack their master when their master unleashes his government on their own records, sources, and independence. No, this change has happened because since the Obamacare rollout, the press is simply irrelevant now. Oh, they've licked the hand and carried the water and betrayed their trust to the American people. They've cowered and cooed and bowed and scraped before the golden calf that they themselves had created for their own glorification. And none of that matters anymore because what they could not do was put themselves between the backside of an envelope and the eyes of the American people. They can't do that, not yet anyway. And when millions and millions of American citizens opened those envelopes to discover that the old insurance plans that they had liked had been canceled and that the new insurance plans provided less protection at greater cost and that they, in point of fact, could not keep the health care plans that they had liked, well, that was the beginning of the end of this house of lies and this fraud that we've elected twice in a row now because he knew he was lying when he said if you like your plan you can keep your plan and he knew he was lying when he said if you like your doctor you can keep your doctor you took him at his word but we didn't why do you think the patient protection and affordable care act was originally written so that it wouldn't take effect until after obama had been safely reelected? Why do you think that now, with a wave of his imperial finger, this lying fraud you see pictured behind me recently postponed the implementation of the really egregious parts of Obamacare until after the coming election in 2014? 400,000 Americans, round numbers, have entered the site and the exchanges. Some far smaller percentage of that number is actually paid, and an even smaller percentage of those have actually gotten coverage despite their credit card swipes. So half a million in, let's say, five or six million people out, and you ain't seen nothing yet. Because the tens of millions, 50 million, 60, 80 million, of cancellations that were scheduled in February have been pushed back to December, just a few weeks after the midterm elections. That's when the real pain's gonna come. When the businesses, you know, the evil fat cat one percenter corporations that have been paying the lion's share of benefits for the lion's share of people of this country, that's when those corporations are just gonna say, no, we're done. We'll just cancel the coverage and we'll pay the penalty. And when that happens, the pitchforks and the torches are going to come out, not in January or February of this year, as it was written in the law, but in December, a week or two after you suckers and rubes and hicks vote again. Just you wait. No, no. This guy and the people behind him, they're professionals. You see, they know their marks. Yeah, the pigeons will get pissed off like they are now, but only safely after the 2014 midterms, which will give them another two years to gin up some new war on women or race-baiting black people are being lynched ploy to pull over the eyes of the rubes. And when I say the rubes who got snookered in by all this, I don't mean me, of course, or the Tea Party people like me. I mean you. You people who believed in him. I don't blame you for believing in him. You believed in him because you didn't know any better. You believed in him because the people who you pay to tell you the truth, are worse liars than these people are. And let's cut to the chase here, why don't we? You believed him when it was all said and done because he's black and because they and the press and he himself told you that if you doubted him, well, that made you a racist. And the people that they are laughing at the hardest are you young people and you black people and you liberal people, and especially you women. They're laughing at how easy it was to convince you to give up your lifelong relationship with your hospital and your OBGYN, and how stupid you are because of how simple it was to convince you that people like me are a bunch of racist, misogynist, homophobic, Neanderthal villains so consumed by hatred of a black president that we simply can't accept it in the depths of our shriveled, charred little hearts. But if any of you, any of you, had had the guts or the skepticism or done even the most basic fundamental questioning of power required by free citizens instead of farm animals, you would have realized 
that the Tea Party is here for two reasons, the same two reasons, and only two reasons. One, stop Obamacare before it destroys our health care system. And two, stop this out-of-control spending before we all find ourselves sitting in the dark around a few burning tires eating rats roasting on a spit. We were right about Obamacare, and we're right about the collapse of the economy under this orgasm of spending and debt on the part of these incompetent liars and con artists. And you had better hope to God that we, all of us together, can stop these people in 2014 before the rest of everything that you and we believe in together is gone and gone forever. Joyed to meet you face to face. You've been getting quite a name all around the place. Healing cripples, raising from the dead. Now I understand your God. <gasps> At least that's what you've said. Christ, you're the great Jesus Christ. Prove to me that you're divine. Change my water into wine. That's all you need to. Then I'll know it's all true. Come on, King of the Jews. Jesus, you just won't believe the hit you've made around here. You are all we talk about. You're the wonder of the year. Oh, what a pity. If it's all a lie Still I'm sure that you can rock The cynics if you try So if you are the Christ Yes, the great Jesus Christ Prove to me that you're no fool Walk across my swimming pool If you do that for me Then I'll let you go free Come on, King of the Jews All right <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, <clears throat> uh, you're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, and we're back. The caller number is 347-884-8500. We have a caller uh, on hold, and we'll get to our caller in just a couple of minutes. I forgot to do something that I usually do when I broadcast, and that is announce the date. Today's date is December 30th. 2013, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Yeah, and yeah, we're back. Okay, so I had to do that. Did anyone Did anyone out in the listening audience hear about Common Core's uh, Common Core Aligned Lesson Plan for third graders? Casting Obama as a modern messiah or the modern messiah? It's another um, biography of President Barack Obama, and it's making lots of waves out there. This one is entitled Barack Obama, Son of Promise, Child of Hope. It's got a cute little picture of him, too, on the cover. The author, Nikki Grimes, paints the 44th president as nothing short of a messianic figure. Mm-hmm. EAGnews.org has found a language arts lesson plan for third, fourth, and fifth graders revolving around the book at the website TeachersPayTeachers.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the description of the $3.60 lesson plan by, uh, by uh, Sharice Bennett boasts that it is a it officially aligned with Common Core's state standard initiative and attempts to standardize various K-12 curricula around the country. The book, treats Obama, the book treats Obama as sort of a modern combination of Moses and the Joseph of the Old Testament, with a bit of Johnny Appleseed thrown in for good measure. I'm surprised they didn't throw in Abraham Lincoln and... Um, and a couple other folks that they usually try to uh, align Obama with. Early in the book, uh, Edge News notes, a young hopeful Obama notices some homeless people and asks, will I ever be able to help 
people like these? Well, as he holds his hands in, in, in prayer. As the future president grows, his mother teaches him English grammar and the golden rule, be honest, be kind, be fair. Later in the story, Obama dramatically changes his name from Barry to Barack. Quote, one morning he slipped on the name he'd been born with, the name of his father, Barack. For the first time in his life, he wore it proudly, like a coat of many colors. More like the emperor who was buck naked, but I digress. The illusion is obviously biblical. In Genesis 37.3, Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob, receives a, yeah, you guessed it, a coat of many colors. Still later, the Common Core Aligned book dramatically describes Obama's work as community organizer in Chicago. Basically, in Chicago, that means dude didn't have a job. Community organizers are broke. In my home state of Chicago, on the south side, those folks don't have jobs. Okay? Hello? So, but, let's get on with this, shall we? Because it's so much fun. It's so delicious. (laughs) The work was grueling. The stretches of failure, the puny patches of success, door-to-door Barack went. Early morning, late nights, pleading and preaching, preaching, coaxing strangers to march together to make life better for everyone. He worked as hard as a farmer, planting the words, yes, we can, like seeds in the spring. I guess that's the Johnny Appleseed reference. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it, yeah no 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 I'm not making any of this up the the teachers pay teachers dot com lesson plan for the book includes a number of exciting activities including a college containing pictures a collage sorry containing the pictures and the words about Barack Obama according to Ag News that's E A G News also included is a comprehensive quiz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quote, Barack Obama, son of promise, child of hope, receives an average rating of three stars out of five possible at Amazon.com. As with many politically charged books, this one has mostly five-star and one-star reviews. Only about 15% of the reviews are are mostly middle I know we got we got Larry Bab, um, we 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 got my caller online, but we're gonna go ahead and finish this up, and then we're gonna let Larry get in here and talk about it if he so desires. Five star reviews are effusive. Quote: My five year old can read it and wants to because he loves Barack Obama. Raves reviewer L. Tyler. It is the most. It is a must for every liberal. And a nice addition to home collections, insists D. Simmons. Poor D. Math practice, age 5 to 15. Many of the negative reviews point to the religious and quasi-religious elements of the book. Quote, there is something seriously wrong with any parent that would give this God-King worship book to a child. End quote. Thank you, Eli, observes reviewer Eli Court, and he gave his whole name. Just last week, a different Obama biography made the news after parents in Dupo, Illinois, alleged that fourth graders were required, required to read Obama biographies. The book called Simply Barack Obama. It appears to cast white Americans who disagree with Obama and his politics as racist. A local school board member contacted the Daily Caller to insist that the book is not required reading among school children. It's not required reading, but it's a book 
for school children to read that cast white folks as racist if they don't agree with Barack Hussein Obama. Wow. So let's get Larry in here and see what he has to say. <laughs> All right. Larry, you're on with the yeah. Dr. C. Robert Jones sit rep. Okay, I'm Larry from the Prime Directive radio show. And Larry, well, love your show, man. Love it, well, love, well, it love, well, it, love let, it, love it. Let me comment a little bit about Common Core. I had the idea of running for school board just on a single-issue platform, just totally opposed Common Core. And I got that idea because Mark Levin had said he, early on his first time at political activism was running for school board and getting a seat on the school board and influencing the political leanings of the educational system that way. So I would urge everyone who's listening to also take that tactic. You can go out, run for school board, and maybe you'll actually win because it's not one of these offices where people give it a whole lot of thought. Usually they, they select their president, their senator, and then getting way down on the ballot, oh, school board, and they just pick a name that sounds familiar. So if you've got someone who's good at social media and getting your name out there and recognized, you might have a shot at it and just go out there and kill that common core curriculum or at least take a stab at it, put it in the public spotlight. Oh, no doubt. No, 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 no doubt. Prime, I'm going to tell you something right now. <laughs> you know, there there is going to be a serious backlash against all this uh, all all this this wanton liberalism, casting Barack Hussein Obama, a mere mortal, as far as we can tell, as godlike, is is just it's just it's 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 becoming laughable. I mean, these folks are attempting to turn this seriously flawed man. I mean, in no way is he even close to being messianic in any way at all. He's he's a he's a very basic man. Well, who's I running mean, the show for him? But who's... but the thing is, when they do this stuff, Prime, when they do this stuff and they put this sort of thing out there, they they turn the guy into a character caricature. They turn him into a parody of himself. I mean, Frank I... Frank L. Baum, Frank L. Baum, um, wrote about this kind of thing. What? 1920, 1930-something, when he wrote The Wizard of Oz? I mean, The Wizard of Oz was all about... I mean, I know we're talking about a work of fiction here. But The Wizard of Oz, the, the book, was Frank L. Baum's version of what's going on here with Barack Hussein Obama. The whole book. I mean, when, when Baum wrote his book, The Wizard of Oz, it was all about political worship, ideology, uh, worshiping a mere mortal who turned himself basically into a godlike figure to, in order to deceive the people to make them think what he wanted them to think. And that's what the book was all about, and the movie didn't veer far from that. And so what we really have here is liberals turning a, 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 an ordinary man. I'm sorry, I mean, dude isn't as he, – he, my dog is probably as smart as he is. Come on. I mean, really. Come on. Maybe so. Now, the reason I really called in was a mm -hmm. couple of news stories that came out in the past couple of days. I was on Tap Into the Truth as a guest this weekend. We were going over the world's top stories for the year, and I, mm -hmm. had, to pick the, I had to pick the Snowden revelations as the number one story based on how it changed the world and how it changed people's attitude because yeah. the NSA is totally out of control. And this judge, U.S. District Judge William Pauley, said in a written opinion, this was Friday of last week, with the program that lets the government collect every phone record is constitutional. And he goes on to say, this blunt tool only works because it collects everything. So effectively, he's repealed the Fourth Amendment, because if you're searching everything, how can you search more than that? Yeah, yeah, and I agree. But now we've had a judge um, who, had, who yeah. had gone and, and said that you know, what, what, what Obama was doing was 
pretty much uh, yeah. against the law. And now we have another judge yeah. uh, who says that so, that it is. So I'm not really sure where we're where we're going to go with this. Hey, I how think, you doing? Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I think we're going to the Supreme Court with this one. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, now, who's going to go to the Supreme Court though? People who brought these cases are going to take it to the Supreme Court. Who was this? I think the ACLU, among others, brought this one case. Mm-hmm. So eventually, we, we have judges with wildly differing opinions, and it has to go to the Supreme Court. And we've all seen what kind of wonderful decisions they're capable of making, namely mm-hmm. with Obamacare. So once Obama gets his court packed with justices that say everything he does is constitutional, it's game over. Where do you go from there? You can give all kinds of orders, all kinds of executive orders, decrees, dictatorial pronouncements, martial law. If they say it's constitutional, mm-hmm. what's, the rem- what's the remedy for that? I think that's the one flaw we have in the legal system is that it there's no last resort after the judges in the Supreme Court make their ruling. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't think that um, you know this sort of thing is. I I don't think it's going to be resolved anytime soon. No, I think this is this is something like that's going to take take a while to to, to get resolved, and it may not even be resolved in Obama's uh, during Obama's uh, presidency. Well, there was another uh, two more revelations that came out recently. One involves the NSA is actually intercepting computers in shipment. So you order a computer and it's shipped. They intercept it in shipment and alter it and put their malware on it or do whatever they do so they can spy on people who are taking security precautions. Yeah. Now that tell that tells me they have some way of interfering with the operations of FedEx and UPS because those are the general carriers that ship computers anywhere around the world. So they must have some kind of way of intercepting those shipments. So those two shipping companies are obviously compromised. And it's kind of frightening when there's nothing you can do except try to build your own computer out of raw components and then use totally open source software you compile yourself and it's just something you can't fight after all they've got this super secret unit embedded in NSA that's isolated from everything else they got their own special people their own special budget a higher level of secrecy so they're probably the ones who devised the stuck in the Stuxnet malware that attacked Iran and has gotten out in the wild even though no doubt the Iranians took every known security precaution, but they've actually gotten to where there's no security at all. Now, the next revelation is an article in the Associated Press that came out today, a revelation at a hacker convention where it said, and I'm trying to find it, showing slides detailed, how the NSA can plant malicious software onto Apple's iPhones, giving the phone the ability to turn it into a tracking device. Another slide showed a futuristic sounding device described as a portable continuous wave generator or remote control device, which when paired with tiny electronic implants can bounce invisible waves of energy off keyboards and monitors to see what is being typed, even if the target device isn't connected to the internet. And then Even more scary, the third slide showed a piece of equipment called Nightstand, which can tamper with wireless Internet connections from up to eight miles away. So Mm -hmm. they've just taken total control over everything. So by the time the tanks are in the street, they're already going to have their list of who to pick up and who the dissidents might be who are opposed to this sort of thing. And I would predict that when it gets to that point, people turn in to their favorite a-list talk show host, and well, it's a it's a best of show, and I let, think let me ask, turn, go mm-hmm, ahead. Go ahead. Let let me ask you this: Where, uh, with all the information that 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 is being gleaned from 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 what's transpired, um, where do you think 
this all originated. Now, a lot of folks will say this originated with the Bush administration. What do you think about that? Well, the, the Bush administration certainly accelerated it, but it even goes way back be earlier than that. I think it was during the Clintons, they were spying and scooping up all the over-the-air information they could with a program called Echelon. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new. It's just been growing exponentially and getting more and more information until it's finally totally pervasive and it's everywhere. And the I don't think you can escape it other than living in a cave somewhere now. And, so, and that, yeah, well, well, you, what you can do is what, – what, what we can do is something that's radical, is that we can, we can simply we – can, we, can, we can get rid of the mobile phones. We can get rid of the social network, and we can just stop all that. We can get off computers. You ever see the, did you ever see the movie Jack Reacher starring uh, Tom Cruise? No, I've not seen that one. All right. In the movie, you know, I'm a lukewarm Cruise fan, but in the movie, he, uh, Jack Reacher, he is a, a former uh, uh, um, Army uh, military policeman. He uses no cell phone. He is not on the Internet at all. He, he, he doesn't use any of that stuff. He's like back from the back in the 50s and 60s. He uses a pay phone when he needs to make a call. You can't track him on social networking. You can't track his cell phone because he doesn't have one. In order for us to get back to, to get away from all of this, we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go dark. We're gonna have to get off the grid. We're gonna have to go I, to ground. I think that's one piece of the puzzle is to, like you say, go dark. Another mm-hmm. thing is for Congress to start pulling the money and not funding these gigantic ventures like that data center yeah, out in Bluffdale, Utah. They're not yeah, going to do that. They're not going to do that, Prime, because a lot of uh, conservatives agree with these policies. You know, a lot of these policies, as we, as we discussed, were put in place not by the, the Obama administration, by, by, but, but by the Bush administration in an overreaction uh, after 9-11. And, there were, and there's a lot of theories about who was actually behind 9-11, which I don't want to get into at this point right, in right, the show, right. but – but needless to say, no matter who was behind it, the incident was exploited to a great extent, including things like attacking Iraq, which didn't attack the United States, was never going to attack the United States. But all the hijackers of 9-11 were Saudi nationals, so you could, might say Saudi Arabia attacked the United States. But where did they go from there? They well, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Cal, Cal Living uh, uh, report, uh, wrote in the chat room, the problem with going off the grid is that our cars and homes are now on the grid. Good point. And then Mary writes in the chat room as well, uh, 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 Prime, that uh, being off the grid didn't help uh, bin Laden. <laughs> so maybe maybe there is no way to go off the grid now. Maybe we're, we're, we're pretty much stuck. So like you're saying – you know what? What your argument is? We need to get Congress to defund these programs, but is that even realistic, Brian? It depends on how people react. They were ready to attack Syria, and there was a really strong backlash against it. I understand it was a strong negative reaction in the military, especially to the point there might even be a mutiny. So you, you got to look at things like this gigantic data center they're building. And I think they're starting to bring it online in Bluffdale, Utah. It's out in the desert, obviously, so no one can get near it without being spotted, and no one can set up any kind of listening post or surveillance on it because it's what do you, in the middle what do you of nowhere. Say to the- what do you say to the uh, to the response to to this uh, to, to what's going on? Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to worry about. Well, that's the common liberal response is I'm not doing anything wrong. What am I to worry about? But point one is that you only think you're not doing anything wrong. The law is so complicated, and I had a Harvey Silverglate, civil rights attorney, on my show once, and he had the book Three Felonies a Day because the average person unknowingly commits three felonies just through the simple complexity of the law. So the way they operate – First, they decide they're going to get you, and then they figure out what the charge is. The second point is that they don't necessarily get evidence legally. They get 
evidence that's not admissible in court through these surveillance programs, and then they phony up fraudulently, otherwise known as perjury, an investigation they say gave them this evidence. I th the term, I believe, is called parallel construction, where they yeah. dummy up a legal investigation and then get a search warrant after the fact and say, oh, look at this. I just discovered this through our legal search warrant investigation when, in fact, they yeah. knew it all along. And so people will be convicted through illegal means. And the third thing is blackmail. If you run for office or you have a relative running for office, they're going to go back through this data going back years and find something to blackmail people with to make the congressmen vote and to fund the NSA to make them vote for these wars. Otherwise, they will be exposed and may be criminally charged. People don't realize when they write on Facebook or make statements, that could come back 20, 30 years later to haunt them. Nothing no ever doubt. goes away. And they got this thing now called Snapchat, which tries to create the illusion that you can send a picture and the recipient sees it, then it goes away, poof, just like magic, when in yeah. fact nothing really vanishes. Once it's on the Internet, it's out there somewhere forever, even yeah, if no it doubt. appears to disappear. So Snapchat, I think, is going to encourage people to reveal things that, that they a prudent that they person would not, wouldn't. because I think it's going to be gone, but it's not going to be gone. Just like yep. any conversation you make over the phone, you think that's going to be gone, but it's being recorded, put in an NSA database, and then by means of machines, they transcript the vocal conversation into text, then scan that text for keywords, and if you say the right keywords, then it shows up at an analyst station, and then they go in and look at it and analyze it. So the whole purpose out there in Bluffdale, Utah, is they are collecting so much of this data, they don't have any place to store it. So they're having to throw it overboard after so long if they have any immediate need for it. And they want this gigantic facility so they can store it in perpetuity in the event they might want to get it. Also, we, another revelation, Hold on, hold on, hold on, Prime. Prime, we got to take it. We're going to take a short break. Then we're going to okay. come back and we'll we'll finish this off. We'll be right back. Uh, hey, Prime, announce your show before we before we take our break. Talk about it. It's the Prime Directive. I'm on at 10 p.m. Eastern time on Friday nights. And to, to sum it up, the, the best summary is the tagline I have: "The Constitution is my Prime Directive," and the, that show is mainly about constitutional issues, politics, and the kind of things I'm talking about tonight, and also how to take care of yourself. I've covered some health issues relating to politics, like the freedom to choose your food was a popular episode. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. We'll take a short break, and we will come right back. All right. Four, three, two, one, two, it. What's in my peoples? What's in my peeps? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of You Guessed It, You Got It. And that's how we do it, live and direct with G-Ski Rocks and the captain. What's crackalackin? What's crackalackin? I'll tell you what's crackalackin. Cheesky. What's the crackalackin, baby? What's crackin'? Well, it's crackin', man, as everybody else, but everybody seems to love your style, brother. What's crackin'? Cheesky, you are the man. You are the man, dude. I tell you what, I love this topic. I love it. I wish I thought of it myself. I'm jealous. I got envy. I got envy right now. What's crackalackin', Dana? My brother from another mother. How are we, sir? <laughs> What's cracking, sister? What's crackalackin'? What's crackalackin'? What do you got to say, ma'am? I just got to say, awesome show. Just totally awesome. 
That's right, folks. We keep it crack-a-lackin', and we do it for love of country. So make sure that you listen to Live and Direct with Zeeski Rocks and the Captain every Monday and Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. www.20-20radio.com. Always crack-a-lackin', and it's always served with bacon and gravy, baby. Bacon and gravy. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. (laughs) I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Well, we were the good guys in 1984. It felt that way. It hasn't felt that way in recent years. So Obama's had really a different task. Uh, we we were seen too often as the bad guys, and he he has a very different job from from Reagan was all about America, and you talked about it. Obama is we are above that now. We're not just parochial. We're not just chauvinistic. We're not just provincial. We stand for something. I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above, above the world. He's sort of God. He's, he, he, yeah. he's going to bring all different sides together. Yeah, uh, no, he didn't do any of that. He didn't bring all different sides together. In fact, America is more divided now than ever. Uh, he didn't do any of those things. So is it any wonder why poor Barbara Walters is disappointed that Barack Hussein Obama is not Christ himself, is not the Messiah? Poor Barbara. She thought that the President of the United States of America, Barack Hussein Obama, was the Messiah. Come back to redeem the whole world and to make everything right. It just hasn't turned out that way. Why? Because we fell into that trap. Well, by we, I'm being very generous because I didn't. I actually met the man. I knew he was mortal when he gave me that limp-wristed handshake with his sweaty palms. And when he did not look me in the eye way back in 1998. That limp-wristed handshake and looking past me or looking down at his shoes while he shook my hand sort of told me this dude is not the Messiah it kind of gave me a clue that he's not the Messiah because I happen to believe that if Jesus Christ came down and shook my hand that he'd have a firm handshake I don't know for sure But I would hope that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would show a better handshake than Barack Obama did. I felt like I was shaking the hand of a dainty little woman. And I unconsciously wiped my hand 
on my trouser leg after he shook it. And ever after, quite quite frankly, I was shocked that he even made it to the United States Senate, least of all the presidency of the United States. Yes, yes, Mary, I actually admit that I met him in 19... <laughs> 1998, on the south side of Chicago, outside of Reverend Rice Church. I just happen to be – let me tell you something right here and now. If you're on the south side of, of Chicago, right on 111th Street, or right on 95th, the church is just out, just west near Halstead. Those of you from Chicago know what I'm talking about. That church – has the most beautiful women in all of Chicago. And so I stood outside that church just as everyone was coming out, and I took my pick. I had my Bible in my hand, and I had my PDA, <laughs> my PDA and I was ready to take numbers to set up my dating activity for the following weekend. That's how I rolled at the time. It's not pretty. I admit it. It was lecherous. But when you've got the kind of women coming out of that church on a Sunday, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. So I admit it. Barack Obama was out shaking hands. He'd come out of the church. He was out shaking hands, gland handling and all that stuff. I walked up because the prettiest women were gravitating toward him. And the only way to get to the pretty girls was to get close to Obama at that time. So I shook his hand and boom, there we go. That's a true story. I admit it. We got prime directors still on the line. I promise to get back to him, but we've got less than two minutes left. I am sorry, prime, but we're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. And so I hope you guys will come back and 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 when we'll get back into it, we're going to get back into the Messiah thing because we still got some time for that. And then we're going to do our our New Year's Eve stuff, and it's going to be great. Obama as Messiah is getting really old. That is tomorrow's show, along with our New Year our, our pre New Year's uh, festivities. It's going to be great. Tune in tomorrow, folks, for the Doctor C Robert Jones Situation Report. We're going to have a great time. Come on, come on, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Hey, Larry, come on back, man. Come on back tomorrow. I am sorry we ran out of time. Could we start again? Could we start again, please? All right. Good night, folks. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out. I've been living to see you, dying to see you, but it shouldn't be like this. This was unexpected. What do I do now? Could we start again, please? I've been very hopeful so far. Now for the first time, I think we're going wrong. Hurry up and tell me, this is just a dream. Or could we start again, please? I think you've made your point now. You've even gone a bit too far to get the message home. Before it gets too frightening, we ought to call a halt. So could we start again, please? Thank you, babe.